Hey guys, one more thing. Hey, this summer, when you're being inundated with all this American bicentennial 4th of July brouhaha, don't forget what you're celebrating, and that's the fact that a bunch of slave-owning, aristocratic white males didn't want to pay their taxes. Welcome back to Days and Confused 33 and a third. I'm Jarf, and I am thrilled to welcome my guests for this week, Kelly and Leandra from Rocky Horror Minute. Welcome, Kelly and Leandra. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here and very happy to hear your lovely voice again. Oh, how nice. Well, let's get right into it. We are covering track three and School's Out by Alice Cooper. This scene starts with the school bell ringing and Mrs. Ginny reminding the students of the true meaning of the bicentennial 4th of July brouhaha. And it ends with three of the seniors chasing after the freshmen in Benny's pickup. (laughs) So... You chose uh, this song, Alice Cooper's School's Out, off of the soundtrack, and it seemed like it was more based on Alice Cooper and the song and less based on what happens in the scene. Is that correct? I'd say so, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, considering I, we chose that song before I had seen the movie, <laughs> that's definitely the case for me. And for me, I'm pretty sure I'd seen the movie, but the fun fact, I can't remember like yesterday. So I tend to watch the same six movies over and over again. I'm still surprised by them. Well, I mean, then you really get your money's worth out of those six movies, huh? I do. I'm boring to be around, but not for me. Well, I mean, who are you with all the time? Yourself. So what matters more? So one of the questions that I like to ask guests, and I think that this will be particularly interesting um, for both of you since the movie is like brand new or relatively fresh, but is there a moment in this scene that spoke to you and why or why not? So I really enjoyed, I think that we've, we get a really pivotal character moment for um the the girl who agrees to go in the in the pickup are you talking about one of the freshmen yes yeah yeah the like main freshman girl yeah the one that's like oh i wasn't supposed to uh okay yeah yeah i'm in yes i i believe her name is sabrina and yes yes that is a pivotal moment Uh, because it's the whole senior taking a freshman under their wing. Yeah, and we see the moment where she decides to do this. So that was was a pretty pretty important moment in the movie that's contained in this segment. I also, uh, on a less serious note, uh, the slide thing going from the top floor of the school to the ground. I was so jealous. What? How and what was that? I thought that was amazing too. So to pull it back and give more context. So 
as soon as the school bell rings, it's open season on the freshman boys being hunted by the senior boys. And so a lot of the freshmen have tried to figure out some kind of way that they're going to get safely home without getting paddled by the seniors. And so we see the main group of freshman boys that we follow, one of them has gotten a car and they all like rush out, get to the car and then speed off. But this slide, the kid who goes down the slide, we don't really follow them for the rest of the movie. It's just the extras. But it's a really cool moment. His buddy is waiting there with a bicycle. So he goes down the slide, hops on the bike, and they, they take off. And then you see some other seniors who we also don't follow them in the movie. And... I, I love those little like inventive things that the kids came up with to try to stay out of trouble. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense that it was an evasion technique. Oh, did you think it was just like fun way of leaving school at the, <laughs> well, <laughs> on I guess the last like, day of school? Well, I guess because like, unless I missed it, the, it wasn't like um, like lampshaded at all. It was kind of just like a background thing. So I, I was like, uh, I like you know. So I, I, it was uh, not something that I fully understood the purpose of. I guess, but that makes sense. If I guess the idea being that the seniors would be looking for them at the doors, so they could avoid the door that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will say that something's tickling in the back of my brain that um, back in the long ago, uh, which I used to refer to anything that was 10 years ago or more, uh, one of the things that some buildings had as a, a fire evacuation thing is some sort of shoot or slide for people to, to yeet themselves down in the event of a fire and they can't get to the stairs. And I believe that that slide is ostensibly for that purpose. Um, and it's kind of where a fire escape sort of thing would have been. Oh, that's fun. That, that makes a ton of sense. I thought it was, and now that I reflect on it, it doesn't really make any sense. But when they're doing construction on a building they'll set up a temporary trash chute so they don't have to carry the trash all the way down to the ground level and then they can just dump it out. And it is that same kind of plastics, water slide type situation. Uh, but it, you wouldn't have that hooked up to the side of the school, but you would have a, a fun slide fire escape. So I think you're probably right. Yeah, I'm going to get one installed in my house when I have a million dollars. So, I mean... For fire or just for fun? For funsies, of course. So, for me, the thing that kind of stuck out was this was the first minute where you get a real payoff for the the Chekhov's gun of the cricket bats. You see that you see people that are 
uh, that are wandering around with cricket bats, and you see that uh, you see the guy in uh, in wood shop drilling holes in his cricket bat and like putting pretty designs on it, and you're like, oh man, somebody's gonna get wailed on, and they uh, they even say we're gonna wail on some freshmen with this, and uh, and just all through this, uh, they're they're really telling you it's gonna happen, and this is the first time that it does happen, and for me, this was this was far more broadly hazed than what I anticipated would happen. I figured this would be like a, oh, um, as they as they leave the school, they get a whack on the butt or something like that. But no, this is like actually hunting down freshmen and beating them senseless with cricket bats, which I, I don't know... I wasn't alive in the 80s, in the 70s, and um, and I don't know if that happened, but if it did, then, oh my God, what's wrong with you people? Yes, it's really brutal, and according to the oral biography of Dazed and Confused, the director said, yes, this happened in his hometown. So it's based, sadly, on real shit. Now, what I will say, just... As as a bit of an aside, one of the uh, one of the things that it reminded me of was I went to a Rocky Horror showing in a different city, and uh, and everybody in line with me was like, "Oh, you're from another Rocky show? Do you do you guys hit people with bats?" And I was like, "I have no idea what those words mean in that context, but no," and they they actually had a a ritual where they would beat people with cricket bats. And it wasn't until literally I was getting hit in the butt with a cricket bat that I realized that this wasn't a joke. Oh, no. I was just like, what is this? It's a real cricket bat? No. Uh, from what I remember of that story, they were, like, leaving welts and stuff, like, seriously oh, hitting yeah. people yeah which is yeah insane to me to anyone who might be listening to this not aware of this it's commonplace at all rocky horror shadow casts to do something to kind of playfully haze the people who are seeing it with a shadow cast for the first time at our show it is strictly voluntary that's not the case at some casts um but the idea of doing something that would, like, leave a physical mark on somebody is, like, one of the craziest things I've ever heard. I can't imagine. (laughs) What are some of the other kind of hazing rituals that are maybe not so violent and more on the funny side? So the the one that you'll see pretty much at every, at least every cast I've ever been to, the classic one is they're asked to fake an orgasm in front of everybody. Uh, we save that for like the last round, like we do a few elimination rounds at our cast. Um, Leandra can probably with ours we do a bunch of like silly, like uh, like raunchy type um, posing type things. Leandra does a really hilarious one uh, that based on Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll let her explain. So. <laughs> I call it my tribute to the best film of all time, which of course isn't Rocky, and it's not Days and Confused. It is Junior, and that's a film where where the governor um, 
gets pregnant and he gets to have a, a C-section, but alas, alack, um, when I have people help me recreate this in, uh, in kind of a public setting, I generally have um, uh, male presenting people in the front and I say, um, you are now pregnant and you can't have a C-section, you're gonna deliver this baby right out your pee hole. And then I have people um, crawl through their legs like they are getting <laughs> born. And, and the people in the front that are, that are the mamas, for, for lack of better parlance, uh, they're encouraged to do their best, like Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, like, ah, oh, get to the chapa, and like <laughs> throw in a Conan reference, do whatever they can. And like, of course, the, the babies, they're just born, they're gonna be hungry, so they need to breastfeed. Um, so this is something that I love having people do. And by the time we get people um, to that stage, of the uh, of the pre-show, I already have a good idea of who's going to be okay with doing that and who is simply not. Yeah. See, yeah, I like... like that. It's it's weird and raunchy, and in keeping with the spirit of Rocky Horror Picture Show, in the way that just plain old wax with the cricket bat just is not. No. Yeah. I mean, I maybe because I have no pain tolerance, but I would be pissed if someone hit me that hard um like uh it's because there's like there's no way especially like if it's a cast where they don't uh they don't give the virgins an option but even if even if you do like if if somebody told me they were going to do that i would assume it would be like a playful whap you know what i mean and that was kind of well so my brain has this wonderful thing that it does where if something seems like it's really, really, really awful and bad, it just rationalizes it to the point where it's like, okay, well, you clearly don't understand what they're, uh, what they're saying. It's probably fine. So even though I was literally the last person in line to get whacked with a cricket bat and everybody ahead of me, like all 20 people, including people I knew, were like, ow, that really hurt. I was like, wow, everybody's selling this. <laughs> like i truly was look just... at timmy those are those are actual tears good job timmy yeah my... way to sell it my uh, my squirrel friend oscar um he was there and he went ow it actually hurts guys and i was like way to ruin the the bit oscar <laughs> well you learned yes i did but did I? No. Okay, well, I have another question for both of you. So, just to set it up, we talked about the hazing, and it is interspersed with just jubilant kids running out of the school to the tune of School's Out. And I'll tell you that the director said, he almost hesitated to put the song on the soundtrack thinking, is it too literal? But then ultimately decided, well, what other song from this era are you going to play? But if they made a movie about your high school days, what song would play on the soundtrack in your version of this scene? Uh, so I gave a lot of thought to this and I thought about giving like, uh, a, an answer that made me artificially look cooler but if I'm being honest about like 
what me and my friends were listening to a lot at this period. And I specifically remember listening to a lot, like, over one particular summer, because it was a big hit that summer. I don't know if you remember Love Today by Mika. (laughs) I do not. Okay. And I think that's the right mood for this scene. Well, it's 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 a it's a very fun song. Meek is kind of like a he had kind of like a Freddie Mercury vibe. He was a pop. Uh, he had like a pop album that was really big that summer. Part now. It was big in the States, and then I was traveling a lot in Central America that summer, and for some reason it was way bigger down there. Not as big as Apple Bottom Jeans, which was a few years old at that point, but the absolute biggest song ever in Nicaragua and Guatemala and these places where I was. Like, to the point where when people found out I was American, they would start asking me, like, what Apple Bottom Jeans meant in English (laughs) like like immediately but so anyway but so I was hearing love today all the time that summer and it also fits the mood of the scene so I'm gonna go with that even though it's kind of lame I was really worried that you're going to be like Eiffel 64 or 65 whichever blue and I was just going to have to not be friends (laughs) with you anymore no I'm uh I was like a child when that came out oh well this is awkward (laughs) <laughs> hate that mm-hmm. I, I want to say that I like the spirit in which you answered that question because <laughs> the director has said the same thing about his musical choices for this movie there's a lot of cool songs on the soundtrack but he did say he resisted the urge to make it retroactively hipper and cooler And wanted to stay in the spirit of, okay, what would high school kids realistically be listening to at this time? So, love today. Yeah. We'll go with it. And for me, I, I really, really was obsessed with music when I was in high school. And I know that I'm sure that a lot of people are like, oh my god, I really love music. And for me, it was, I, I always had a very small CD player Walkman and I'd put it in the pocket of my giant comically large like goth jeans and I'd wander around the halls just listening to Marilyn Manson and like Green Day and and just being so angsty so I I knew exactly what song it would be and it was going to be Holiday by Green Day oh good one nice Holiday could have been mine for my freshman year, for sure. Oh, it's such a good song. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I haven't completely abandoned Green Day. They're no longer... Now, if, if I were stupid enough to give you the link, you could still go to the Angel Fire page I made when I was 13, where Green Day has been the band of the month for... <laughs> 
since the day I made the page. And uh, <laughs> the, the first line of the page is, that's right. Does anybody rock harder? So there you go. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. I can only hope that you said that and also had a bunch of like those rubber bracelets on your wrists and you were like very raw. No, but I had embed links to every individual song from American Idiot, which had just come out. Uh, uh, yeah. I miss that stage of the internet when it felt more like, oh, you could have, you just have your own website and it's your own little hobby that you share with a couple of friends and it's just a fun scrapbook where you can tool around in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the thing that is closest to that nowadays is podcast. And I was about to say the same thing. We're using podcasts for that now. Welcome to my GeoCities. <laughs> I'm going to be the obsessive fan about this thing, obviously. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, and we create the little the same little echo chamber I created on the forum page of my Angel Fire. <laughs> we do. Yeah. It's a cozy little space. I love it. Yeah. I am heartbroken that I took down my MySpace and I've gotten rid of most of the cringy stuff on LiveJournal and I put all of the stuff that I didn't delete in private mode so that if I ever want to wonder if I was like a really smart and fun intellectual child, I can look and go, nope. <laughs> was not yeah uh i would kill to be able to like get into my old zanga somehow and read, oh my God, <laughs> read those posts again there were like all of my like serious like middle school drama was contained entirely in zanga like there were whole fights happening across it and everything i had a guy uh, go on a date with me and then I was like, this is not good. We're not going on a second date. And he said, I understand that. And he put on his Zanga that he just didn't think that there was any chemistry, forgetting <laughs> that I knew that he had a Zanga. And, oh, yeah. oh, the amount of fun I made of him to all of our <laughs> mutual friends. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah, you, you got to be careful before you Zanga. <laughs> and Adam, if you're somehow listening to this, I still remember, fuck you. <laughs> I'm so glad that we brought you on so you could air your grievances. Yeah, that that's what this is about, right? Dazed and confused and still a little bitter. <laughs> right. We're narrow casting. Yeah. Dazed and confused and still a little bitter. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, last question. For both of you. Mm-hmm. So not just the scene, but the movie and cast of characters overall. What character is most or least like who you were growing up? We already got a little glimpse of angsty Green Day Leandra. <laughs> we haven't really gotten much of a picture of Lil Kelly. Uh, so <laughs> most or least like you. Yeah, you know, at some points I sort of related to the like killjoy leftist teacher but i think that's more who i am now in high school in high school i was really vocal about my beliefs but i was also like um 
I, I don't think that I would have had that sort of attitude towards the 4th of July. Uh, whereas now I was like, oh, hell yeah, rock on. Yeah, I was like, I, I have no disagreements with this statement. Please continue. But yeah, in high school, I was like, I, I, I felt like I hung out with pretty much everybody. I was in an IB program, which kind of connected me to a lot of different circles. And I was into art, so I was hanging around the art room a lot. But I, yeah, I don't know. Hold on a moment. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just read about this, but what is an IB program? So it's called International Baccalaureate. To get the IB diploma, you have to take a specific set of classes. So you tend to get really close with the other IB students because you have all the same classes together. Right. And because you have to like spend a lot of time studying and everything together. So, But because of that, there were, there were all kinds of students in the program, so... I was friends with a lot of, like, the jocks who had ended up in the program or, like, the artsy kids and even, like, a few stoners and things like that. So I, in that way, I had really kind of created a really diverse circle of friends in high school. So were you circling around a specific character that either was a contrast to you or that you were most like? Or was that your way of saying none of these people? No, yeah. I didn't. I didn't feel strongly like any of them. Yeah, I know that's not a good answer. <laughs> um, but I, in high school, as now, one of my favorite movies was Best in Show, and I had a huge crush on Parker Posey. And watching this movie, I had a big crush on her still. So, that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be my main connection. Yes, Parker Posey is amazing in this movie, and she always was so funny. I was like, I was dying. <laughs> Uh, her delivery is always on point. So good. That's, but what's interesting about what you say about your IB class and having students from all of these different cliques, that is something that's come up in our previous episodes. And that is a reason that I know a lot of people relate the most to Pink. Yeah. Because he he is friends with the stoners and he's friends with his fellow football players and he's friends with his little nerdy poker club. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I just, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm not telling you who to <laughs> relate to, but Kelly, I just. <laughs> you should relate to Pink Dummy. In the in the sense of hanging out with a lot of different friends, for sure. I guess. I associated him with being a jock, which could not be more the opposite of me. Just, I, I was raised by two lesbian mothers who both played and coached Division One sports. And you can of imagine what a disappointment I was. I know. Volleyball, mainly. <laughs> so, yeah. So you had to reb- rebel by just being a No, and... no. I'm just, like, not competitive at all and also, like, not coordinated and super clumsy. Uh, I, I tried. There are really hilarious videos of me trying to play t-ball, like where like literally the ball rolls past me on the ground on the outfield, and the camera pans past me sitting on the ground picking dandelions. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom filming it is like Kelly, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, what well, doesn't matter? You're still pink. Okay, that's fine. No, that's cool. Okay, moving on. <laughs> How about you, Leandra? So 
I I was not cool enough to be any of these people. I'm not even cool enough to be like the the poker club nerd friends who who are having sex dreams about Abraham Lincoln. Like I'm <laughs> I'm not. I, I like hung out and no with the orchestra kids and I was in band and I I don't know like maybe low key Mitch because yeah. he's at least a nerd like not not in the like poindexter sort of understanding of that word but just kind of dweeby and i i could probably argue that i was dweeby one could say yeah and he's he's super awkward he's just trying to get his legs under him so low-key mitch okay yeah I just realized I take everything back. I'm the girl they were talking about who's going to be at the party who has the huge knockers. (laughs) It's you. Yeah, it is. It's you. (laughs) Right. Okay, there we go. See, see, I believe that everyone can find themselves in this movie. (laughs) There it is. Well, that's fantastic. And this has been a ton of fun. Uh, So... Do you want to let listeners know a little bit about Rocky Horror Minute, where people can find you on the internet, anything else fun like that, where where to find your old MySpace page? <laughs> uh, so we do Rocky Horror Minute. It is a minute-by-minute minute podcast covering the Rocky Horror Picture Show. We also are part of the live DC Shadowcast of Rocky Horror Picture Show that takes place when there's not a pandemic going on. So if you're ever in D.C. and there is not a pandemic going on, you should come see us on the second weekend of every month. Uh, In the meantime, you can listen to our show. It's Rocky Horror Minute, wherever you get your podcasts, or you can find us on RockyHorrorMinute.com and on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all under Rocky Horror Minute. There we go. Well, I, I strongly recommend Rocky Horror Minute. I had the pleasure of recording with you. Your podcast is raunchy and fun and completely in keeping with the spirit of Rocky Horror Picture Show. I learned some truly shocking things recording with you. Uh, so definitely listeners, check that out. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks again for joining me. All right. Okay. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Not to worry, there's a new fiesta in the making. Join us at the Moon Tower, our Facebook listeners group. Until next time, just keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. And I'm Leandra, and we host Rocky Horror Minute, the podcast where we discuss the Rocky Horror Picture Show in excruciating detail, one minute at a time. We're doing this show to share our love of the lyrics. You've never seen a prune in your life. No! They're not the same as raisins, right? Our passion for performance. Oh my god! I was like, bad knees, stupid, sober. Our attention to detail. I know that everybody's curious. That car is a 1964 Ford Falcon Deluxe Sedan 4-door 54D. And to unlock secrets that would otherwise be lost to time. Oh, are you asking if I know the name of the cheetah and why it had such a problem with the snake? 
Visit us on the web at RockyHorrorMinute.com for more information. Or look for us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.